We look at a Crazy Omega from 1998, Dawn of the Dead, four watch brands that have come back. We talk about eBay authentication in a little bit more depth, and Chris talks about his brand new Bell & Ross. Welcome back to Casual Watch Talk. You're joined by Sam and Chris. Chris, how have you been? Pretty good. Pretty good, Sam. How are you? How have you been? I've not been too bad, actually. I've been having a little bit of a clear out of the old watch box in preparation for the new Seiko coming, which I thought I was going to get it soon. Yeah. TJ, big shout out to TJ. I'll flash up some pictures of his. He actually got his. Yeah. He ordered it direct from Seiko. So I'm jeal- seething with jealousy, yes. but hopefully I'll get mine this week. Yes. And the, uh, he, he did answer the, the question that was on everyone's mind about the 24-hour so it doesn't seem like it. Yeah, it doesn't seem like it. Doesn't seem like it's movable, but you know, it's still uh, still great looking. Great looking watch. Yeah, and he wasn't sure whether the bezel was ceramic or not. So I said, tap it against your front teeth, and <laughs> he still wasn't sure because I think. And then I thought, well, maybe even if it was thick paint on there, it might have the same sort yeah, of that warmth that, feel... that ceramic has. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It still should be a sharp almost like a glass sort of response. Yeah, and I I would like it. I would be pleasantly surprised if it was, but I, I'm sure Seiko would have made a real song and dance about mm-hmm. it if it had been. But as soon as I get mine, I'm going to do the review. But um, well, should we do watches that we do actually have? If right, we, yeah. Do you want to do a wristwatch check? Yeah, well, um, I am wearing the new uh, Bell & Ross 10th anniversary so we'll talk about that. Do you want to do? Do you want to do your your check? Yeah, I will do very quickly. I've been wearing my Christopher Ward again, but today I put on because uh, I was having a sort out of the watch box. I've I put a few on um, a few on eBay and stuff, but I've got the uh, the Ultimate Turtle. Oh, nice! I've been wearing it again. Nice. I keep forgetting how good the case is on the turtle. It's so comfortable. Yeah. Um, it's a it's a great design. Yeah, it's a great yeah, design. great watch. And that bra- and that that bracelet, you super comfy. Uh, yeah. yeah, the the razor wire from Uncle Seiko, yep. one of my absolute favorites. Nice, nice. So, recommend it. yeah. So, uh, Bell and Ross first impressions. I, um, yeah. I mean, geez, we got a lot to talk about today um, with eBay and the authentication process. So I'm going to talk a little bit on my side about that, and then and then we'll we'll hit it up a little later. A little more detailed. So um, this is the watch from 2006. This one's from 2006. It was originally uh, released in 2004. And it came in a fancy gloss presentation box. One of those like oversized novelty boxes that we kind of, you know, joke at when we get reviews for. Um and it looks like that poor box has gone through about six or seven moves across the country because it's got a couple of dings and dents in it and, you know, <laughs> a little beat up. Uh, yeah. But the good news is the the watch itself, I think, and this was in the description as well, I think this has probably been worn only a handful of times. Oh, wow. So none of the typical light scratching that you see underneath the lugs from changing straps um there is just a slight little uh nick out of the top of the bezel for the black sort of black coating um but other than that this this watch i would describe in in near mint condition um or at least just you know with those little little imperfections um shipping was super quick even though i hate fedex i don't know what you feel about your feel about fedex sam 
Yeah, I don't. I, I mean, different about them. I haven't had a bad experience okay. yet, um, except for. No, that was UPS. Okay. I, 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 I mean, I mean, different about. FedEx. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, I've had I've had some some craziness with them, and I've heard horror stories, but nonetheless, uh, shipping was super fast. Came right to the door. Uh, signature. Um, but you know, the real the real news is. You know, I think the watch is gorgeous. So white dial, sort of a metallic finish that uh, goes from like a light champagne to white. I had it out in the sun. I'm sure you're popping that B-roll up right now. Um, it's a limited edition uh, panda dial. And so limited edition panda is best panda. <laughs> uh, like, uh, so one of one of 500 for them. Um it has the ETA 2894-2. That's the uh, bi-compacts movement. And I did open it up and inspect that it is it is all looking correct. So you'll, uh, <laughs> you know, just even though it went through the authentication process. Um, so this watch basically celebrates Bell & Ross's first chronograph from 1994. Um, it's funny, the French translation in the pamphlet was like, their recreation chronograph and so you're like well it isn't a recreation it's a real thing but it's it's based on uh, sort of their vintage style because uh you know they uh they started in 1994 and so you know their their style so interesting there sam i know you like a good date on a watch the date window was a little divisive over on my instagram Oh, yes, it's sort of nestled in between the four and the five. And that's not uncommon for Bell and Ross, is it? Per- that That's where they normally yeah. place it? Yeah. So in the, in a round uh, date, in a round date window, with the date being horizontal to the face of the watch, so it's not, you know, off at a 45-degree angle. Um, so, yeah, uh, you know, whether you love or hate uh, date on a watch, at least it's it's typical with their uh, with their style. And even my new GMT has the same the same placement, same style round window down in the uh, down in the four thirty. Well, I I like it because they've been it's got the you know it's got numbers on it as well, hasn't it? So and they've been very respectful of that. So they haven't cut off the there's no three and nine, but they haven't amputated a three and nine Mm -hmm. you've just left them off and then you haven't sacrificed any of the four and the five to accommodate the date they've kind of nestled it in there Mm -hmm. it gives it a really distinctive look overall doesn't it i i I like the look of it i like that oversized hand i said this to you first in on the running seconds is that the the oversized hand yeah on the run yeah super super unique for the uh 30 minute sub dial yeah um and uh you know everything is uh you know polished up the the case and sort of the design you know super reminds me of of zin um for obvious reasons i did read that the box sapphire on this i I, I, this is tough to i didn't have time to like run this down but uh they said in the pamphlet that it took them some time to come up with it so i'm thinking like 2004 sapphire like that was maybe early days for that that tech, or at least the box sapphire rounded. Some Bell and Ross quick history. Um, so 1992 is actually their starting date. I think I said 94 earlier, but uh, 
92 uh, they, and and I'll just go you know I'm sh- sure if you've heard this but this is my <laughs> this is my typical uh they started working with Zen they did a uh they did a deal with Zen they were basically they started their brand they started marketing their brand um and broke out on their own in 2002 um and then this first pilot's chrono um this model was introduced in 2004 um to to celebrate the 10 years of that watch that that they started building in 1994 so um their square watches their typical square watches didn't come out till 2005 and you know in my collection and it's interesting you mentioned cleaning out the collection i i think at this point i'm settled into i have watches that i wear all the time and then i have a collection of watches and some of those can exist in the same space and some of those maybe not less so more so this one's definitely um a collection piece for me it fills right in between my zin 103 um so the bell and ross chronograph by zin um and then at the at the early that's from the early you know the late late 90s early 2000s all the way up to my 2018 uh, BRV2 93 GMT, which is the what I consider modern. I paid a really good price for this. It it almost didn't make the authentication minimum. Oh wow! Yeah, so it was close. Uh, so the authentication minimum is about two is two thousand dollars. So really, really struck a good deal there. Really, you know. I'm super, super happy about it. Uh, super fortunate to to get it. Um, There's not a lot of other... No, we talk about different things from other channels, but there's not a lot of other watch YouTubers that really talk about Bell & Ross, not that I'm aware of or regularly. And it is one of those brands... You know, we talk about Christopher Ward as well, mm. but Bell & Ross is one of those brands that's definitely... Not an enthusiast brand, but I feel like more people should know about it. Mm. Yeah, uh, yeah. I I think more average Joes know about it than than I than I'm. I'm always I'm always surprised when sort of some of my common like some like uh, some of my friends will mention it. So um, yeah, it's, it it has recognition, but yeah, not as not as direct. I haven't seen anyone. So maybe I'm holding down the the Bell and Ross YouTuber. <laughs> for sure which is fine with me yeah and this is not sponsored by bell and ross no. but we are v- welcome welcome please yes <laughs> welcome. some more 10th 10th anniversary editions no problem um the uh and then sort of the last comments on i that i had written down of it was uh and i get the ebay authentication this will this will play into it uh so totally magnetized when i got it oh wow. yeah i i ran the compass over it and it was all over the place Wow, so that are you you don't know where that happened, whether that happened on the watchmaker's bench or I mean, if they authenticate it, they like. Well, we we won't rush into it because we're going to talk mm-hmm. about that in a bit. But um, we we've well, let's move on. We usually do a hit or miss. We haven't. We couldn't find a funny hit or miss this week. <laughs> but last week, I made a comment uh, asking whether the show itself was a hit or miss, and thank you everyone for all of the really nice comments we we do appreciate it and thanks for everyone yeah. who commented saying it was a hit appreciate it there was w- one gentleman who said that listening to two dudes talk about watches wasn't really doing it for him and it 
really made we like inwardly reflect and and consider some like really you know in depth subjects and and really sort of strong feelings I had about it. But my overwhelming feeling was a sense of that we missed out. Like, why didn't we call the show Two Blokes That Talk About Watches? I know, right? <laughs> Two Dudes That Talk, Two about, dudes watches. That talk about Watches. I f- uh, we missed, missed a trick missed there. A, we yeah, missed a trick. Opportunity. So, uh, so uh, uh, thank you to that gentleman who enjoyed watching Two Dudes Talk About Watches. <laughs> and thank you for your comment. Thank you for everyone's yeah. comments. Uh, but thank you to everyone that said that they uh, enjoy the show. We really appreciate it. And if you've got any topic ideas, let us know over on the Facebook. And for the people that don't use Facebook, let us know in the, the comments. Or you can email us at thecasualwatchreviewer at gmail.com. That's thecasualwatchreviewer at gmail.com, which is linked to the YouTube channel. So thank you, everyone. Yeah, thanks. Well, let's, um, let's dive into the news. And I suppose this could technically, I, I mean, this could technically be a hit or miss, I guess, but Hodinki did an article on skeletonized watches, and this blew me away. I had no idea that from 1998 there was a, a limited edition skeletonized Omega Seamaster. I thought it might be one of those Artisan de Genève watches, but if you click through, it was actually one that Omega sold. I mean, wow. what do you think of this, Chris? Wow. Yeah, you, you're... You're right. It, it it does look like someone uh, carefully removed the hands and the dial and uh, got the uh, got the bandsaw out and kind of cut it out. That's uh, I mean, it it looks great. It's it's you know, it's it's interesting. But I yeah, I would not have guessed that that was a OEM original. It's this is one of the amazing things, isn't it? About about doing watches, isn't it? Let's actually let's while we're on it because people will be looking this up like nobody's business and we might as well do do a bit of live evaluation let's even see if there's one on chrono 24 because i'm amazed oh there isn't even one on Mm. chrono 24 i'm amazed that out of all the years we've been doing this uh you know this podcast Mm -hmm. uh, and the years i've been doing the channel i never ever knew that this omega existed and i thought i had a good idea of a lot of what omega was pumping out especially something so distinctive like that but leave yeah. it to dinky too yeah and i was at the omega boutique boutique uh one time we were at a meet and they had some unique pieces that they pulled out that were very similar to this modern but skeletonized uh tourbillon uh different different things that you, that you just do not see so it's in, it's sort of in keeping i i just the fact that they've sort of been doing it the whole time i think a lot of watch manufacturers will will have like a handful of these pieces um i know bell and ross does i know um a, a bunch of a bunch of companies omega etc will have these sort of super special specialized collector pieces and i think they were you know i I think this sort of predates the special edition this is the like watchmaker special edition yeah this is like 50th anniversary they released it for but it's amazing Mm. and to to do it on a a seamaster as well which you think it would they would do it on one of the other like the constellations or something like that but to do it on a on a Seamaster and keep that sort of 90s James Bond case, although it's in gold here. Mm. Really, yeah. uh, really interesting find. I just had to mention it. Next story as well. 
back to Hodinkee. They did a good job this week. We'll give them some brownie points this week. They did an article on watch brands that have kind of come back from the dead. It was their Halloween, one of their Halloween themes. And they, one that really, they've gone through a few that came, that brands that have basically come back to life. But the one that really stuck out for me was this, it wasn't so much, so they were saying that NCAR was the brand. Mm -hmm. I've said that wrong. I know, I apologize. I'm sure there's a different way of saying it. But they actually were talking about how somebody took the design because apparently this uh, this brand has been bought and they're pumping out these kind of faux Rolex watches. Mm. But they talked about this German company that has made one that looked like a vintage one of these watches. And they've called it Sherpa, which I guess is a okay name for a watch. Yeah. But I guess if they're going to do an Explorer's watch, but this is a dive watch, but there's just something about it. And if you go on their website, you can pre-order it. I couldn't find a price. Hmm. So it's got the um, Salita SW200 on, so I'm guessing it's going to be 1000 or 1500 But I don't know what you think, Chris. There's something about this that just really is kind of doing it for me. Yeah, it looks it looks good. It's kind of vintage design. Yeah, I think we are uh, we are a wash. Have we have we reached peak compressor? We were talking about this last week. Have <laughs> we reached? We were talking yeah. about this last week. It's got the date, so you know we're yeah, the date. I love the hands. Yeah. Uh, if it's half as good as it looks, and then what do you think of the the, the way the crowns are shrouded and they're kind of stuck out? I guess so you can. Use yeah, unique. It's certainly unique. A little bit. It, it's um, it's not too. It's not too bad with the crown guard and the sort of the, sort of the, the top crown guard extends to the bottom. So it kind of extends out of the side of the watch, maybe, you know, four or five mil. So, so this yeah, company yeah. is a resurrection, if you will. Is that right? Yes. Yeah, so they're inspired by one of these vintage, I, I, I guess it's Einkar, is it? with uh, Brands, but this Einkar brand has been sold and they're doing these like faux it even mentions it in the Hodinkee article hmm. that they're doing these kind of weird Rolex-type dress watches. But it's actually based on a vintage one of those watches, but they created their own brand called Sherpa around it. Okay. Yeah. I like it. Yeah, it's cool. I, I'm a fan. I, I've asked them for some... Uh, you, you, there's no pre-order price, but I've asked them for... I've emailed them to see if they, A, want to come on the show, and also, B, if they've got some pre-order price so we can share that with the viewers on here that was the end for the the news but last week we touched on ebay authentication and there was a few questions that we got sent in and chris you've really been researching it because the bit we didn't know was and we said this last week is where do the watches go Mm -hmm. like where do they get sent and what happens to them and you really took it upon yourself to do a lot of research and you've come up with some really interesting stuff. So I'm actually looking forward to this because I went through that eBay authentication right, process right. as a as a seller and you've just gone through it as a buyer, haven't you? Exactly. So yeah, would you like to yeah, um, into go into some of your research yeah. from this week? So I mean this is this is the eBay eBay authentication trick or treat episode. <laughs> we uh so I was curious to know, so uh, we had a question, the kind of the first question we had was, where are these going? You know, like who is opening them? What is, what is happening? And while I think that there are more than one, eBay has been upfront in talking about one company called Stoll and Company. So they 
say they've partnered up with stolen company, um, a vetted third-party watch authenticator, um, and to, to, to basically send these particular pieces to them. This means that they are, they are probably receiving, sending, receiving hundreds of these a day. This, this, this is a big organization, big operation. Um, I've, I've heard some mention that, that they've gone to other places, but for the most part, from what I can tell right now, it seems to be mostly going to stolen company and they're located in Ohio. Um, their website is completely not stolen company. It's, uh, America's watchmaker.com. They're known as America's watchmaker. So, uh, if you go on their site, I was interested, they are not, they do factory service for other brands. And, you know, they have watchmaker services. So this, so this tells me this is, this is not, this is an organization that has watchmakers employed by them. They're, they're, they're taking, they're opening stuff. They're, you know, using the tools and techniques of a watchmaker. But uh, I found it interesting, their list of brands that they service, um, kind of a list of double A brands and not what I would consider triple A's like Omega, Rolex, Cartier, IWC are not on that list, but you know, they've got um um they're Booker are on there, yeah. aren't they? And they've got um Vulcane, mm-hmm. probably the top end ones. They've got um ball watches that they do, but you're right, they've got uh, a Bomber Mercier as well yeah. would be considered luxury, but they've also got some ones that we've certainly heard of, but I don't think a lot of people would have. They've got Delma. Mm. Um, they've got Frederick Constant mm-hmm. on there, but not... Not Citizen. Citizen. Yeah, they, they specifically... Helm watches. Yeah. They, they specifically said that they don't handle any um, quartz. So that also tells me that they're set up as real watchmakers to, you know... So it's not just like a, a thin inspection service that's like, oh, just send us anything, we'll inspect it. It is, it is we're, we're dealing... We know we're getting luxury watches, and so we're going to deal with them as such. Um, so I thought about this in, a, in an interesting way. So we'll, let's, uh, let's diverge for a second and talk about Omega, vintage Omega. Because I think there are sort of a, I think there's a, there's a lesson here. So I would say maybe three, five, five to three, three or five years ago, um, everybody I knew that was getting involved in the watch collection hobby, at least on Instagram, according to Instagram, you know, this is my research, was super interested in like those 1950s to 60s, early Seamasters, the Constellation with the with the cool dial and you know some of the cases are gold filled some of the cases are you know plated these sorts of things and i think about that market and how many people i saw get you know into a vintage 1950 something omega they don't they don't make parts for them anymore parts omega parts are hard to come by um, you have to have either authorized dealers or you have to have somebody who has a collection of old parts. So then you're doing new old stock stuff. Um, and I, and at the time there were a lot of people talking about this 
I I think that part of collecting those watches is super dangerous. Like as a as a collector, where you want your uh, money to be worth something, you know, where you're spending maybe two, maybe three, four thousand dollars in something vintage that is you know a vintage dress watch that looks amazing and is also going to run. Um, but that also brings in like questions of like, is it waterproof? Is it, you know, can you, you know, can you even look at washing your hands while you have one of these on? Um, if you don't have a watchmaker that you know that you can take it to, to like make sure it's, you know, pressure tested, these sorts of things, um, you're kind of really in the wild west. And I think about what the auction sites looked like three to five years ago, where you've got Anything goes 1950 to 1959 Omega three hand, you know, Constellation Seamaster. And eBay actually has a link. Sam can pop it up here. Um, 1950 to 1959 Omega wristwatches. And what I noticed right away, if, if you sort from the highest price, Or if you have you do a sort, sorry. Up at the top. Yeah, there you go. High to low. Yeah, you've done it. Yeah. Oh, you've done it. Okay. Okay. Oh, I already yeah. did it. Okay, good. Okay. So if you sort from highest price and you kind of scroll down a little bit, um, you'll notice that some of these watches, like that first row, that five, six thousand dollar area, they do not have the authenticity guarantee flag on them. Mm-hmm. So that authenticity guarantee is saying that the watch is unmodified so that it hasn't, you know, it's original. It has all of its stuff. It has all of its original parts. And what I found really interesting with this link is to see the watches that are in a high price range, but aren't able to be authenticated by eBay and re- and remember just because it has the authentication guarantee here it doesn't mean it is actually authentic like I've seen a bunch of comments that were like oh I saw a fake Omega and the dial was total garbage but it had the authenticity guarantee well the authenticity guarantee doesn't mean that it is yet it has to when it's listed right yeah. when it's listed it has to go and and actually be authenticated so uh, it was surprising to me so, I, you know the number of these watches that are not eligible. So this kind of tells me like, geez, back in the day, that means that like 20, 30% of the stuff that people were getting a hold of was questionable, you know, was was new old stock stuff, was like dial swaps, was Frankenstein, you know, in, in various different ways. So yeah, and it seems like also this is another thing you've got to be careful of. There's certainly some that are shipped from the US without the authenticity guarantee, but it looks like almost anyone that comes from Australia or the UK and you're buying it into America, maybe they don't run those programs there, but it looks like a lot that are in Great British Pounds here. They're not offering the authenticity guarantee, um, but there's definitely a few. I mean, this is a US one mm-hmm. without it. Here's another US one without yeah. it. And th- uh, I noticed a couple. And that and that is correct. I I believe they are only off, uh, offering it in the US. They're planning to offer it in more places, but uh, I think you're right there. But um, but they could. Yeah. Sh- they're still. It's weird, isn't it? That even if they're being shipped to the US, they couldn't. Yeah. But maybe it's just a regional thing. 
Uh, so it'll be interesting to see. But, uh, you know, I, again, I'm considering like that was sort of my my, you know, what what would the watch space look like with this, uh, you know, with this in place um, to to kind of clean up some of those, you know, those uh, issues regarding the older vintage watches. Um, I mean, do we have a poison apple situation? I mean, is it possible that you know someone has acquired a load of of questionable watches um you know and, and spent time to try to trick eBay so they would have to put you know fake or new old stock parts in um they'd have to you know pay a watchmaker or at least someone who knew what they were doing to you know put these parts in so you know hundreds of dollars worth of labor um, they're doing some sort of Photoshop to like clean up the listing, uh, pictures. Um, and then they somehow already have a new account that has, you know, hundreds of, of transactions of legitimate watch transactions that, you know, that they're, they're going to jeopardize, um, you know, the ones that they spent hours on each listing that, that, that they're somehow, you know, going to send it into authentication and, and try to get it by the watchmakers that are looking at those watches only to potentially scam someone like two to $500, um, you know, a value or, or more. I mean, you know. Well, yeah, eBay's holding the cards, isn't it? Because they know the bank that they paid out to. So they could easily pull the money back in if they had to. And you're totally, you're totally right. It helps not, not get scammed. That's one of the pros, but also it's, we don't know. I wonder whether eBay would ever release it. Perhaps they would. I don't see why they wouldn't let us know how many get rejected mm. by the authenticity guarantee. That would be interesting. But maybe that would expose them to people thinking, "Aha! I knew that there was a right." Lot of fake yeah, stuff. it's yeah. I feel. I think you're right. I think it will be a. It'll just be quietly. And I'm sure, as you know, my dealings with eBay tell me, I'm sure that that store so if you send something in that's questionable and it's and it's not authenticated um that store is going to be super under scrutiny by ebay um and then you have you know say it squeaks through so then you have reviews um and you know and people's feedback and stuff so i i just don't see someone trying to go out of their way to trick it um and and jeopardize all of that in order to oh you know oh, i i got that that one Omega went for, you know, 2800 when it was only really worth 1200 because it had a fake dial in it. You're like, cool. All that work for that. Yeah, and the other advantage to using it as well with the authenticity guarantee is I've never told this story before, but my sister many, many years ago bought a Chloe handbag on eBay. Mm-hmm. And when it arrived, she, at the time she was she was collecting handbags and she knew, she knew quite a lot about them. And... That she found out that it was fake mm. and eBay at the time wouldn't really help you mm-hmm. out with it. This was this is just anecdotal one case, mm-hmm. but she actually had to, what they requested that she did is go into the Chloe store oh. and get them to write on letter headed paper that this wasn't real. So she was actually very embarrassed to do uh, this, right? Because she, right, you know, she was collecting high end handbags she'd bought from that store before. So then you go in with a f- and and Rolex just flat out will not right. authenticate. I mean, right. we've heard of um, will flat out not authenticate a watch if you go in and ask them. Mm-hmm. A lot of people think that uh, you know it's one of those things like where it says on the back of the medicine bottle, go and see your GP to see if this if you should be taking right. this. But 
a lot of watch shops won't they won't entertain you what they say uh, the rolex say and justin said this was is that they will send it off for a service right and the service will tell you whether it's fake or right. not so i suppose that's another way of yeah yeah another pro of this yeah so um you know, typical, you know, this is like if you guys are first, you know, if anyone is like not familiar, I'm sure this is like basic eBay buy from reputable sellers as always. So, I mean, my seller had a hundred percent review rating for thousands of sales. And I'm like, I was super impressed when I opened up his previous sales because I was just like, how do you even like, how can you have not have one complainer, <laughs> you know? Um, so, you know, definitely look at that. If you've got a brand new account, with you know a hundred percent rating, but he's you know he's got two listings, and one of them is a you know is a high end luxury watch, and the other is some some random stuff. That's probably not that's not good. Uh, you know, I went over the description. You should definitely you know read the description, read the description, read it again. Um, specifics here are words like replaced or changed or repaired. So there's some wording there that will get you kicked out of the. Uh, not eligible for eBay authentication. So like modified is immediately will get you kicked out, things like that. So this puts it on the buyer and seller, this puts it on the seller to list these pieces correctly to say, you know, listen, uh, I had the crown replaced, but I have the old one. You're getting it in a bag. It's a, it's an, it's an OEM piece, you know, this kind of thing. Like, so if you have any of the extra parts and pieces, that story that you should get with something like this, um, you know, just like, just like cars, just like, uh, you know, other stuff that have the story, as long as the story's good, you know, then you're great. Um, and then, uh, you know, real quick on the, on the pros and cons of this, I kind of thought about it and, and went through, uh, there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of, of, details out there where typical internet style someone is like i knew this one guy who had a horrible experience <laughs> and so and you're like yeah same with anything exactly so like look at the better business bureau reviews on your local uh moving and storage place <laughs> you know or your rental car place they're they're not amazing you know like somebody has always got this like crazy you know i knew a guy that had this horrible thing happen but um so i think the pros here are this is really closing the loop on any sort of Frankenstein watches and sellers of those watches, you know, in an area of the market where a large amount of money is, is changing hands. So you've got, you know, that $2,000 uh, gap or that $2,000 mark and beyond. Um, will, will things slip through? Yes. But it puts, like I said, it puts the onus back on the, you know, the buyer and seller have confidence so the buyer is getting a third party to confirm the seller's description so it like number one it has to meet all of that criteria it has to actually match what they said um and the seller's getting some you know confirmation and additional protection from unscrupulous buyers i think i think you know there's more unscrupulous buyer i think there's more crazy buyers out there than there are sellers because the buyers don't have a, um, a reputation to uphold um, and you know, like we talked about, remember the authentication badge is, is just applied, you know, to all items that eBay thinks will, will pass that description test, but you know, and it's not a, we said this last week, didn't we? It's all, this watch is authentic, not this watch is in the condition that 
the seller says the watch is in? Is it um, cosmetic condition? Yeah, it 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 is that it matches the description too. So so yeah, so it could be it could be in a different condition, but it's it's it, it very specific there again, like the wording. This is why we you got to go over the description really well. Um, and you know you know the the pro is that not everyone has a trusted watchmaker friend that they can bring it to. Um, and then the cons that I came up with were, and this, you know, this is just marketing to keep honest people honest. I mean, at the end of the day, I I feel like that is, you know, it is, that is what this is for. And that's, and there are some, that is a con because it's, you know, it's not actually maybe going to the lengths that, that some people might think that it would need. Um, I was able to, uh, slip the no returns if removed off the watch because of course that's just a spring bar tool away uh so again uh unscrupulous buyers uh yes i could i guess i could have you know uh done 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 something and blamed it on them but um the people inspecting the watches can't be experts in all things and and catch all fakes that's it's just not going to happen i think though now that i've done some research that stolen company uh legitimate business you know legitimate business with legitimate watchmakers so it isn't some and this is just our opinion on that it's you know this is just our opinion knowing about watches is it seems an almost insurmountable task it's possibly it's highly likely that they've been trained on a number of different watches and we're not uh uh we're not currently sponsored by ebay and and uh just uh your mileage may vary from both of us this is just our opinion but um uh you know they it seems like i said it's you know they they're not uh they they can't all be experts they're maybe not doing a thorough enough inspection um it's not specifically discussed what steps like down to the movement so they said that some of them will be they they were kind of cagey on this and said like some will be opened and not not all and not the very specific wording that they use there so they are not testing for water resistance, magnetism, accuracy, um, and these are these are basic tests that I think a local watchmaker could and could do, and and maybe they should do that. Maybe they should add that um, to their um, you know to their list because as I said, uh, mine came in magnetized and was was running weird. Uh, you know, maybe they don't want to go to that next step. Um, cause then they, they're kind of involved in a service and that maybe is a conflict of interest because then it was like, oh, well, yeah, we noticed it was running slow. Do you want us to service it for hundreds of dollars? And like, then that, that'd be a big, that'd be a big interest. But I think that, you know, that's the first thing. If I hand my watch over to a watchmaker, we're putting it in the pressure tester and finding out if it's, if it's uh waterproof or water resistant. And then second, we're going to the time grapher. It was like one, two. And then we're then, and then it's like, oh, then we can open it up. So, um, so I guess, uh, yeah, it's a interesting experience. I, I found it, you know, they, they rebox the package. Um, so they put it in like this security package and they, they include some, uh, pamphlet material. Um, my card for the watch matched perfectly all the information for the authentication. So they went through and, you know, verified that, you know, this was not the seller doing this, this was the service, printed up this card with like an NFC chip in it, 
that had all that information stored on it and, and matched what, you know, what was on my, you know, yes, they could have just read it off whatever card was in the box. I agree. But also, you know, I, 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 uh, you know, I found it, I found it comforting. So I, I don't know how much more I would pay for an authentication service like this. Like, yeah, you've got some good questions here, haven't you? That we should, I think we should ask the audience. Yeah. 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 So, you know, Sam, what, you know, how much more would you pay for an authentication, you know, an authentication service or an authenticated watch like this? Hmm. Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? Because like the other ones where they do a full breakdown of the watch, like Bob's watches, Crown and Caliber, uh, which now Hodinkee, of course, mm-hmm. um, Chronex, a few of the other ones they disassemble the watch don't they and service it and bring it up to a thing and 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 you are paying a premium for those many many hundreds more in some cases i think yeah that is an interesting uh, because you you're you're in between aren't you you're right. in between like chrono 24 that does no authentication but then they do have the escrow service right. um and then you've got ebay which is sort of like we're authenticating the watch is real but we're not doing anything cosmetic right right sort of like a visual inspection basic a basic visual inspection yeah Yeah. i mean i i I hope if there is a cost to this Mm -hmm. i hope that the cost falls to the buyer because the ebay fees at the moment are very expensive i just sold a watch on ebay and it it really hurt yeah that's a good point it really hurt because if they if they pass it on to the seller what's going to happen is the price is going up we're going we're the, with all of the fees and the shipping and everything. It's just that basically it's going up. I, I would say this this to me is no more than a couple hundred dollars of of just to take a to take a glance at it and to and to verify it. But interesting, interested to see what you guys think. Um, and also whether that two thousand dollar price point should be raised or lower. I I would love to see it kind of come down into the, like. 1800 because i because that to me is where my sort of level of this stuff starts but but i think that's a weird number and it's not good for marketing so they just like 2000 and and also how many you know like if you just lowered that number 200 dollars, how many more watches are you sending to ohio well, exactly, and plus, you know, we've 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 even heard about the fake uh, fakes of the five dollar Casio, haven't we? Right, the ten dollar yeah. Casio. So yeah, so this fakes up and yeah, down. Yeah, yeah. So uh, it would be interesting if they could if they could maybe move that move that price point. I I don't see that it will ever go sub one thousand. I don't see that happening because it's just uh, it you know for those for the that category of watches, you know, we're not. I I don't think we're like it's not like the expensive movements or anything like that. This is just like a replace situation. Whereas stuff over 2000, it feels like you would bring it to a watchmaker and spend hundreds of dollars to, you know, get it serviced, et cetera. Um, It's uh, yeah, it was, it was interesting. I think, you know, after having it on the wrist here for a couple of days, I, I think this watch needs a service. Uh, I think that, I think that it's dimensional accuracy. I had it on the time grapher and, in some directions, it's like, you know, plus four, plus five of, of one dimension. Uh, it will, uh, y- y- you know, as far as accuracy is concerned, being the accuracy snob that everyone knows that we are, uh, it's right, right now it's running minus five. 
it's okay. I'm okay with that. I'm right. You know, completely, completely fine for a watch from a chronograph from 2006. It's totally fine. But, uh, you know, uh, interested, uh, maybe down the road, I'll, I'll get it serviced and we'll, we'll share that. But, um, my, it fits my, my watch collecting strategy, which is, uh, why get a regular one, you know, when you can get a special one for kind of a similar price. So these, these things aren't always available everywhere. So I, I don't, I certainly, you know, I certainly have not, uh, don't, don't knock every, you know, every service. I mean, you, you can have dealers that'll find these, you can have Chrono 24, and I think eBay is definitely, you know, a very much an option here. So, guys, let us know what you think. If you've got any questions, let us over on the Facebook group about the authentication, either from me as a seller or Chris as a buyer. We really appreciate you watching and listening, and we'll see you next time on Casual Watch Talk. Thanks, guys. Bye.